0: FF Plus, your spoiler-free outlet for movie reviews, entertainment recommendations, and discussion. I'm one of your hosts, Aaron, and with me tonight to go over a couple of upcoming films on the old Netflix is my man, Kalless Davis.
1: Hello, hello. Hey
0: man, I am excited to be back with you here. Boy, we're just podcasting a lot together this week. We had Last Sunday Night for Soul, we got Tonight, you're going to be back on the main show for One Night in Miami. next Sunday. It's a good run. It's a good run.
1: Very good. Um, you know, it's always great to be podcasting with you because it's like you and me, we have like this synergy together. So <laughs> I agree.
0: I definitely agree. I don't know if we're going to synergize on our opinions tonight, though. So I mm. guess we'll have to uh, find out about that one. We have two movies to get to. The first we are going to talk about is a war film coming to Netflix soon. It's called Outside the Wire it stars Anthony Mackie. Damson Idris, Emily Beecham, Michael Kelly, and Palu Azbeck. It is written by Rob Yescombe and Rowan Athale, and it is directed by Mikhail Hafstrom. What's it about? In the near future, a drone pilot sent into a war zone finds himself paired up with a top-secret android officer on a mission to stop a nuclear attack. All right, so... I think I might have more to say to you than this section. Kind of tease a little bit here. So, what did you like about this one?
1: Anthony McKay and Amazon Idris. Anthony McKay, the one thing I said about him is that if you're expecting an Oscar winning performance or like a superstar turn from McKee, I mean, you're not going to get that. But what you are going to get is a good, dependable character actor who could come in, add some energy, add some humor add some charisma, and show you a good time. And he was mostly the main reason why I continued to watch this, even though the film was starting to nosedive for me in the later half. I mean, he cracks some jokes. I mean, his presence is there. I mean, him and Damson pretty much had this mentor student kind of relationship for most of the film, where Damson is kind of naive, and, you know, he doesn't really know much about being on the battlefield, and McKee is teaching him some things, and he's, like, educating him and showing him what it like everything that it means to be a combat soldier and those were the best parts for me when those two guys were together um and outside of them the other thing i would say is the concept the story is actually kind of hard-hitting when you think about it because it's pointing the finger at you know, warfare itself, at how the U.S. has been using these drone strikes, you know, that is causing collateral damage in other countries, and, you know, Damson, he plays a um, guy who was a UAV pilot, and there's a scene where they talk about, like, you know, how many people have you killed, and he just kind of says nonchalant, like, 166, and, you know, McKeith's character looks at him and is asking, like, well, you know, you say that, like, it's nothing, like, you have, like, no hurts and feelings inside of you, and, it kind of really makes you think a little bit, you know, like what, what, what would it be like to be somebody who is so far removed from seeing death and seeing destruction up close? And I thought it was really good, but too bad it just wasn't really capitalized together in the film.
0: Yeah. I like the concept quite a bit as well. And what's funny is I was, when I first heard it, it reminded me of some of the concepts that we got back in the late eighties and early nineties and like action movies that was similar to that, not exactly, but just the idea of like what a war film was going to be instead of like a traditional war film, it was going to have some sort of like sci-fi element to it. And I, I too really liked that, especially having a military background myself, but like just the idea of a drone pilot. I picked up on the whole desensitized part of uh, Damson's character as well and thought that it was pretty well conveyed. This, you know, real thing where kids grow up playing video games and this is not going to be an assault on video games by any means, because I love video games. But the fact of the matter is they do desensitize you to an extent when you are, quote, murdering people in very real life scenarios. I mean, the, the thing is, the military uses games as a training mechanism now. And so Damson is sort of a product of that generation where you sit in a dark room And all you're doing is clicking a button and people die. And to you, they're just numbers on the screen. They're not actual humans. And so getting to see him in his character, like be on the ground in this story and have to go through some of that learning experience, I thought was really well done. Honestly, I I enjoyed it quite a bit. And I also, like you, enjoyed their chemistry. I I really actually a whole lot. I, I liked it when they were bantering back and forth. Um, Anthony Mackie is definitely like the older person in this relationship. And so he feels like a mentor and I don't want to give away some things, but there are later some revelations in the film that make some of the dialogue and some of the way that they interacted even more interesting to a sense. Um, But Damson really impressed me uh, as an actor. Like He is someone that I think he held his own against Anthony Mackie incredibly well. And he was able to kind of go through a gamut of some emotions in this film, even though it's not a you know, hugely dramatic kind of movie, to where I was like, "Hey, I, this guy caught my attention and, and I would like to know what he's in and I would like to seek him out and I would like to see him in more stuff. The robots were a highlight for me, and, and I don't mean the CGI, I mean the design of the robot. So there are some robot sentries and soldiers in this that are kind of like unmanned mechs that have, you know, like the guns that pop up over the shoulder. And then the way there's a couple of moments where these robots with 50 caliber guns, these really hard hitting machine guns on their back, they will get down on all fours and essentially like walk into the ground and create themselves as almost like a tripod, like to brace themselves so they can fire these like anti-tank weapons on their back. That was sick to me. Uh, there's some robot dogs. Robot dogs are always cool. I, I can never go wrong with robot dogs. And uh, I liked Michael Kelly. He's not in this very much, but he is one of those actors. If you ever have listened to the Rewatchables podcast uh, on, um, it's Bill Simmons's podcast uh, on the Ringer Network. And one of their categories that they go through when they do reviews is they, they talk about that guy's in a movie, and it's like, you don't know their name always, but you're like, I I know who that guy is. He's like a good supporting actor who's in a lot of stuff. Michael Kelly is one of those guys for me. He was really great in House of Cards, and I've just always kind of gravitated toward him in his performances ever since then. I like the score. It has a pretty good energetic score. It's not memorable, but I think it fit the film uh, pretty well, and I actually liked... Some of the twists and turns in this story. I'm going to throw it to you after I'm done, but like the story and the where it goes is not extremely surprising. Okay. So it's a little predictable. You have Anthony Mackey, who is basically a Terminator, uh, character and there are some twists, but they're not, they're not meant to be, I think, hidden. I think that they're telegraphed fairly easily. And you're, if you're going into this expecting to be blown away, like I would say it's kind of like some Terminator elements and kind of like some X machina elements. The problem is when I use those two comparisons, those are both like five star movies and people are like, Oh my God, it's Terminator plus X machina. No, it's no, it's not. <laughs> I'm sorry. It's not that good, but it has some of the ideas in those movies and tries to blend them. And I basically, I guess what I'm saying is I really appreciate an enjoyable war movie. And I personally enjoy this movie. I had a blast watching it. It's a little too long for me, and so I kind of was fading out toward the end, but for the most of it, I liked it, and it was a kind of a good type of Friday night film for me to watch. Uh, it's a you know, solid three-star average movie. It's, it's where a lot of Netflix movies fall for me, personally, uh, I think, but there are some issues with it as well, um, and I know you have some, so I'll let you... <laughs> Go ahead and lead with uh, some of the things that you
1: didn't like about this one. I just I want to start off with the way that it looks. Um, You know, I'm not expecting every war film to look like a Saving Private Ryan or a 1917 or a Thin Red Line, nothing like that. But if you're going to do a war film, like it would help, you know, the viewer to be interested to see how it looks. I mean, if you're going to go gritty, go gritty. You know, if you want to go for a documentary style, do that. But this film, it feels like that, they took a straw and they sucked up all the color in this film and just left and it, everything just looks so dark and dull and just lifeless, you know, and and it doesn't help that each of the environments that when you see McKee and Danes and driving around, you can easily tell that there's a green screen in the background. You can easily tell that the buildings look just very, very fake, like easily Photoshopped. And also the visual design itself on the, on the robots. Like I can understand that. Yes. I do like the way they're designed to. They, they look different from other robots you see in other films. Like, you know, especially the way that their faces look. It's kind of jarring in the beginning, but you kind of get used to it over the film. But just the way they move and the way that they're visually graded is very poor. This, this film definitely has a restrained budget. I understand that. You have to work with what you got. But this film really is kind of the bottom of the barrel when it comes to the look of it. And you can tell that, the film is trying to hide that when it comes to the action scenes. Action is supposed to be the highlight of this film, but whenever there's a fight or anytime when McKee just goes God mode and starts wrecking people, you get like these quick cut chopped up scenes where you can't really see where context being made. You can't see where the punches are being landed. Like, there was times where I was like, oh, did that guy die? (laughs) Like, it's like the camera's just moving so fast you're never really able to follow the action. And it's clearly an attempt to hide the poor visual design, and I understand that, but it it's really a lot to design. It's not very exciting. And like you said before, I mean, this whole concept of, you know, artificial intelligence and the problems, some of the benefits of the problems that it can arise from that, you know, they're definitely explored, but they're done much better in those films that you labeled. You know, this is it's when it got to the ending i mean it just was not a surprise where it, how it ended like i knew it was going to be something that was kind of generic kind of like hitting at some emotional heart spring and you know just just something that's not really memorable i mean i'm not expecting i wasn't expecting for this film to be very memorable i mean Sometimes I just want to sit down and just turn my brain off and watch something and enjoy it for what it is. But I couldn't even do that with this film because there were so many technical issues that were plaguing it. And the story just could have been much, much stronger than what it was. And it kind of ruins, you know, what McKee and Damesman are bringing. They're obviously great, but they kind of fall into this category of just being underutilized.
0: Yeah, I I mean, I I hear you. I I feel like You're not going to be the only person that responds this way to this movie. I took it a lot better than you did. And for me, the special effects, yes, they're not great at times. They're actively bad visually at times. And it is pretty bland visually. Just take the CGI out of it. Because the CGI is actually not ever present in the movie. Like he's not walking around as this android. He's walking around as Anthony Mackie. And occasionally you kind of get to see his form as an android or whatever and such but action scenes are a problem and you know this is going to be a netflix issue i feel like forever because there's just a thing they have not figured this out yet they have not gotten the right ability to craft action that other blockbuster storytelling is able to have mackie running in this movie is a joke he's like Supposed to be super speedy running. And at first, I was like, hey, that's kind of a fun little cute thing. Because, you know, he's like running really fast. Kind of like Cap was running really fast when he was getting lapped in Winter Soldier. But he's running really fast. But the way that they accomplish this special effect, I don't know how they do it. But whatever they're doing, it doesn't work. It makes, it looks really silly. It's almost like the character's moving and the screen is standing still. It's strange. And... I didn't like that. I didn't like some of the other special effects. The story itself, like the ethical questions about how many lives are worth killing to save one or save more lives, like those are cool and interesting. There's some ideas about morality and freedom and even loyalty in a cyborg and an AI that I found interesting. Again, like you said, though, they're not in any way like explored like you would expect from a hard-hitting heavy sci-fi movie and that's kind of a problem when you're just barely introducing them and then the rest of the story it has them initially setting off when they team up together to deliver this vaccine to a clinic outside of the wire right and they have to go through these gunfights against the militia and there was just something about this that kind of was rubbing me wrong the idea of like Them having this vaccine and trying to get it to the people. I was like, you know, I don't know. The times that we're living in, it was just like, why of all the things in the world would you choose? Like, make it food. I don't know. Anything. Why a vaccine? Like, right now. Just kind of bugged me. And like you said, the ending. It's incredibly cliche. It's incredibly stupid. And unlikely and unrealistic in every way possible and it just it takes all of the slight grounded nature of this movie and kind of blows it up and makes it like just totally dumb and forgettable and so unfortunately it ends on a note where you're definitely down and that's sucks because no matter how much you like it while you're watching it like I did you end it and you're like ugh, and that's a bad feeling to go out on so bottom line are you feeling it would you recommend it
1: Not feeling it. This I would I would tell people to I'll put a scarlet letter over this thing just to tell people (laughs) just just stay away from it.
0: (laughs) Okay, okay. I am gonna say if you like war movies and sci fi movies and the premise sounds interesting to you, that it is worth a Friday Night Flyer. Just again, expect your two and a half star, average movie, plenty to la or plenty to be okay with (laughs) not to love, but plenty to be okay with and plenty to roll your eyes at. And I think most people will be in that zone, but don't go in expecting something great because you're just going to be let down. And it's going to feel like an even worse experience than maybe you really had. This will be out on Netflix, January the 15th, and you can watch it then if you so choose and make up your own mind. Well, the next film we're going to talk about is called the white tiger this stars adarsh gurov rock rajkumar rao and priyanka chopra jonas who by the way at some point recently got married to one of the jonas brothers because her name is now priyanka chopra jonas it used to just be priyanka chopra i actually think it might have just been priyanka chopra the last time we talked about her which was last early fall when we were viewing the bloom house amazon pictures uh she was in i think evil eye one of my favorites you didn't like it uh and i don't remember the jonas being in her name at that point so anywho fun little fact there this is adapted and directed by ramin barani from the novel of the same title by arvind adiga what's it about an ambitious indian driver uses his wit and cunning to escape from poverty and rise to the top all right coles what'd you like about this one
1: what I liked is that it's not the regular rag to riches story you see where a guy grows up and he sees that his family's living in poor conditions. And he decides one day, you know what? I'm going to get them out of this. I'm going to escape this life. And so he goes through trials and tribulations and trauma. And then he eventually makes it out on the top. No, it's not. It's not like that. It starts off that way. You know, we get our dash And Ardash, Um, I'll add this, he is phenomenal in this film. I mean, he is... He's what this film revolves around. I mean, we follow him as he tries to make a way for himself. You know, he's living in India, and they're living in a caste system, whereas either you're a master or you're a servant. Either your belly's full or your belly is small, and he happens to be on the bad side of that. And so we're seeing him, you know, he's trying to – he's doing anything of what it takes to get to the top, you you know. But it's not just him just – being noble while doing it, he has to kind of play dirty himself, and that's when the story changes gears towards the middle half like it becomes not just a drama but it becomes a thriller and that's what really had me going that's what kept my attention. you know the second half is all where you're kind of on the side of this guy, and you're hoping that he escapes and he makes it out of this bad situation. You know the one thing that the story did open a light to me was was about the caste system in India and how unfair it is, and just how brutal it is that, you know, we live. there's a society where these people will never be able to escape from the station that they're at. They have no control over it. You know, if you're born a rich family, then you get the spoils and you get to make the rules. But if you're born into a lower class family, then you're pretty much stuck there forever. And there's no way to get out unless there's two options, which he says in the film, crime or politics. And, you know, I mean, it adds to the adventure of the film, but it also adds to the sadness of it because this is True life this is how it is for many people and not many people are as cunning as the main character to be able to escape out of it so there's thrills and there's adventure and there's some comedy in there but there's also sadness and you know the harshness of reality that we see and it surprised me it it really impressed me you know I love the music the soundtrack you know I love being exposed to different cultures and how their music sounds the the best moments are when they take you know Indian music and they Combine it with hip hop. And those, those were the best moments for me right there. And I love the performances all around. The performances are all great. It feels like these characters are just natural. Like there really are these people. You're just kind of just watching them, you know, in their everyday of life, trying to make it, trying to, um, you know, do the next thing that they have on their wish list. And you see that there's a lot of people that have dreams in this film. Like even some of the rich people, um, the guy who plays a shark in the in the film he's a rich guy he comes from privilege but he has dreams of like doing something for india you know um parenka chopper jonas's um character she has dreams as well she's a woman and she's obviously a privilege but she's still looked down upon because she's a woman in indian society and I have to say that I came into this not expecting much. You know, I was actually about to say, like, Aaron, why are we watching this? I was about to text it to you (laughs) beforehand, but I sat down, I allowed myself to let this movie come to me, and it proved me so wrong, and it was very impressive, and it's one of the early highlights for me in 2021.
0: Well, I love getting to hear you rave about a movie. That's awesome, and I'm sure people listening right now are saying the same thing. Um, I, I will echo a ton of what you just said. Adarsh Gurov is a capital S, capital T, capital A, capital R star. He is incredible. He totally carries this movie. Not that the other performances aren't good, like you said, but it is his show from start to finish. It is about him as a character, and he has to go through such a range of emotion and experiences, and he has to do a lot of it without being able to express himself verbally sometimes. And so I always am going to respond well when an actor just hits a home run with their body language acting and their expression acting. And he does that here. I mean, he just leapt into my already ridiculously crowded best actor race. And I was mad because I was like, man, I don't need anybody else jumping in this thing. But he's there. He has to be there. And he's that good. And, and he's probably going to get forgotten because he's in this little Netflix movie that's not getting promoted. And there's all these other fancy Oscar movies, but like, he's that good in this movie. And I love it. He's ambitious. He's clever as can be. And he has to use those wits to get out of this system. Right. And like you, it was really my first outside of maybe one other movie I'm going to bring up in a second. First experience with India's cast system and the way that It's still so oppressive today, and that's really what this novel was about, was kind of highlighting, like, look, this is the way it still is. They made a lot of progress, actually did some research. It led me to do research about how many millions have, how they've reduced poverty by X number of millions in recent years, which is great. The problem is India's population is like the biggest in the world or almost the biggest in the world, and so there's just tens and tens of millions of people in poverty there, uh, and this highlights kind of why it stays the same, right? And what it takes to get out. I love that they take a shot at Slumdog Millionaire. And I love Slumdog Millionaire for what it is. But the point is that in this one, they're saying, like, this is a path of escape for someone. It's not a movie that is saying this is how you should escape. Or this is good. It's just saying, here's a story of someone that escaped, but this is the reality of the situation. This is the reality of both the good things that would come from that, but also all of the struggles. And he says at one point, I was trapped, and I don't believe for one second there's a million rupee game show you can win to get out of it. I was like, ouch, okay. All right. But he's right, you know, like he's absolutely right in that regard. And I think it's a really intriguing portrayal of a modern class conflict the dominant take advantage of they mistreat the the others they abuse the needy both physically or physically mentally and emotionally um there are some hard scenes to watch of abuse that are just like really painful to me especially some of the emotional abuse honestly it wasn't the physical stuff it was like heartbreaking to me to watch somebody be treated this way in some ways reminded me of Parasite and the class conflicts that are explored there. It's not the same kind of movie, but uh, it's the same sort of social commentary that's happening uh, in there. And, you know, and I think that the entertainment value is very, very high because it is so energetic. And like you said, the music and the visuals are both like really entrancing. So I
1: also really enjoyed the movie quite a bit.
0: Uh, anything you didn't like about this one?
1: minor nitpick the length could have been trimmed down a little bit um especially towards the end there could have been at least five or ten minutes shaved off you know especially the ending ending you know I, I <laughs> didn't I didn't need all of that but I mean for for me there's hardly any areas I could point to this film of being a problem um everything hit on a high level for me and while it's not a full five star it's definitely a must watch it's interesting
0: when we do these sometimes. One of my favorite parts of this is like discovering for myself how I feel about a movie. Usually, when we do a main episode and we're diving into themes and details, I've prepared so much that I've, I've really thought about that movie. And so I know how I feel before a podcast conversation. But for these, sometimes it's a little different. And I, I was like listening back to my own thoughts there. And realizing like, I don't have that much negative to say. And I'm kind of reconfiguring my rating in my head a little bit and my thoughts on this because I'm looking back on this movie. So it's not something that when I finished watching in the moment, I was like, hey, that's amazing. And yet I have thought about it since then. And I do remember it extremely fondly and extremely well. And that's a big positive for me. It's interesting because the negatives I have are the exact same thing. I think that it has a few too many tonal shifts. It goes from really lighthearted and kind of humorous to freaking super dark <laughs> and then back a couple times. And I was like, you need a little bit of, you need to be able to like massage your way through those tones. It's fine to do it, but I just didn't, it was jarring for me. And then I think it needed to lose 15 to 30 minutes. I think it was. Quite a bit too long, honestly. I, I just, and maybe the tonal shifts would have helped with that too, because there's a couple points where we just slow way down kind of after going 90 to nothing for a long period of time. And it's just like, whoa. And, and it's hard to then ramp back up immediately after that. So same things as you, some tones and some, some tighter editing would have really done it well. But yeah, man, I, I very few negatives to say about this i think it's really really good and i would say i'm feeling it for sure i definitely recommend it and hope people will check it out sounds like you're saying the exact same thing um you feel this one
1: strongly feeling it
0: this will be out one week after outside the wire so this will be on netflix available january the 22nd for you all to check out then well, that's it for this episode of FF Plus. Thank you, everyone, for listening. As always, thank you, Coles, for being here to talk through these couple of movies with me. If you do get a chance to check these movies out when they hit Netflix, please come find us on our social media channels and in the Facebook group or wherever you can and let us know what you thought. We will be back soon with One Night in Miami. And until then, just keep watching movies. Hey, everyone. Thanks again for listening. I'm very active in both places, and I'd love to chat. And if you want to connect with me, you can find me at Shoeless Patch on both Facebook and Twitter. But be sure to tag me in any comments so that I'll be notified and not miss you. Once again, thank you for listening. We'll be back soon. Until then, stay positive.
1: And keep feeling film.